Hello and welcome back to the Across the Pod podcast in partnership with the Say It Again Network. We are here for a week 10 preview. Um, we haven't actually had a preview for two weeks. Our last one came in the week eight preview episode we had, and that was with Freddie Harper-Davis. In terms of our leaderboard, Freddie got seven correct scores and I did get 10. So as it stands, Paul Hope still leads away from his week four prediction with 12 and number one. Number two remains Jonathan Dix from his week five prediction. And then I am actually in third with my both my week five and week eight predictions. Um, but hopefully today, um, first of all, you can get higher than that, um, our guest we got today. We've got with us a guy you may know from previous guests podcast. Um, he's been on Verge magazine, Alternative Sport. He's worked with one of our previous guests, um, Dre and George. We have with us today, Daniel Faluyi. How are you? I'm well, my friend. I'm well. Looking forward to it. It's been a long... You know what it is? Like, I... NFL season, especially when the time changes, it's like it's the only thing that keeps me warm because the weather's changed. And I look at it now and I'm like, yeah, I've got football. I look forward to my Sundays, little cup of tea, wrapped up, snogged all, little wrapped up yeah. really well. I'm just looking forward to the game. So, yeah, I'm excited, mate. How are you doing? I'm not bad. I actually have the same thing. That's why I was looking forward to the World Cup this year being in the winter because it's the one time you can actually watch the World Cup in your dressing gown, which is quite a nice, quite a nice thought. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I'm not. Thank you. Well. Yeah, I'm Let's well. Currently in Carolina today. Um, so obviously going to the Panthers Falcons game tonight, and then yeah, on to Tennessee after that. So um, sort of towards the end of my trip now. Been doing it for like a month, I think now. I only got exactly a month left, or maybe a month and a day. So um, it's gone quick, but it's been a good. It's been a good month so far. What, before we get into the show, what's been your highlight? Because obviously I, I studied in the states, so I I I, I can say with certainty. Well, I can't say with certainty anything, but yeah, just uh, what's been your what's been your highlight? I'd say in terms of places just to be around, um, I'd say Chicago is my favorite. I loved it. I loved the. It felt like to me it was a mixture of London and Gotham City. It was a real nice, nice feel to the place, and I loved the food option was just incredible. Every turn there was restaurant. That's why I love Venice so much. It's just the choice of restaurants was just incredible. Um, stadium-wise, for atmosphere, by far, Arrowhead, that stadium was just unbelievable. Watching a divisional game as well, Chiefs Raiders, um, saw Kelsey saw, score four touchdowns, you know, and the atmosphere was everything as good as what I anticipated. And then in terms of a set to look at, it's either the Vikings or I must say the Superdome was, was very good. Um, that was incredible. I mean, again, a bit like Arrowhead, that's a stadium that I saw on TV and thought just wow. And I'm sure it'll be the same when I go to Dallas in early December. But yeah, when you go into Superdome, it just blows you away. When you get into your seat, I mean, there's not a bad seat in the house, I imagine. Everywhere is just incredible. And um, yeah, I'd probably say... And then, yeah, apart from that, I've done, like, the Rocky Tour, um, done Mount Rainier, Space Needle in Seattle. Uh, I'm doing Graceland's next week because I'm quite a big Elvis fan, so I'm looking forward to doing that. And I went to the Space Centre in Houston. So I've done some really cool sport and non-sport stuff and really just had a had a blast, really. Oh, that sounds amazing. But you you know, you won't get a chance to go to, like, the Rams or the, the uh, Raiders' new stadium, will you? Um, I will, because my last day, funny enough, actually is in LA and... Um, very kindly due to our another previous guest, Tyler Lawrence. I'm going with him. He got me a free ticket to watch on the last day in America for me. Dolphins play Chargers at SoFi. And then I fly home into that two hours or three hours after that game ends. So it's a real nice end to the trip because I get to see my team play. I get to visit what looks like an incredible stadium. And it should be at that time, I imagine, quite a crucial game when it comes to playoffs because 
we're only one win ahead of the Chargers at the moment and we've got quite a hard schedule coming up. So I think that game could be generally really important when it comes to, you know, making the playoffs or even playoff seeding. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be very interesting. I think we'll start to see a lot of teams now. You know what, we're week 10. I think playoffs is going to be a factor for a lot of teams. There's no team. Actually, no, there are a few teams that are never going to make it, even though, you know, <laughs> mathematically they could. But yeah, we could put the Raiders out there yeah. <laughs> as one of the teams that are never going to make it. Um, but yeah, no, it's very interesting to see that. And I think, look, it's it's one of those where I love America. You mentioned before, like my university was near Chicago. So Chicago is definitely my favorite US City. I'm not a Bears fan, unfortunately. Um, I don't like losing, so probably that's why. Um, <laughs> sorry to all the Bear fans out there. But um, yeah, no, I love America as well. It's everything great. Yeah, it's it's been it's really good. I mean, the food is just I mean, I think I like to see more vegetables. So far, it's been very my diet's been terrible so far because it's just it's very hard to find a healthy meal. I found like everywhere you've been, it's just it's burgers or wings or it's fries, and even you get a salad somewhere and it's got so much dressing on and just other things attached. So I'm looking forward to going home in that sense. I'm looking forward to just actually going back and eating a fairly a fairly healthy diet. Okay, that's good. I mean, to be fair, I can't lie. I felt like when I went and I studied in America and came back, I felt like I, I just, you know, put on the pounds. So it took, yeah. took a while to get, to shed <laughs> the pounds off. A lot of gym work. Um, yeah, that was needed for me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in terms of our predictions, um, we mentioned Dre and George. They actually got eight in week two. Um, so are you confident, first of all, Dan? Can you beat that eight, do you reckon? Pressure, pressure. Oh. <laughs> all right. Let's see what we can do. Eight predicted scores. Yeah. Okay. Well, straight off the bat, this podcast will probably be released by the time the game tonight is done. So we'll just quickly predict the Panthers-Falcons. I'm going to go for Falcons purely because... Falcons actually have been quite good and the Panthers have been pretty much dysfunctional the whole year. So I'm going to give the Falcons the win, even though it's on a short week and they just come off a loss and it's away from home. I just think the Falcons have more and obviously Patterson's back as well now. So I'm going to give the Falcons a win for that one. Um, how about yourself? I'm going to go with the Falcons. I think, um, like you said, they're starting to get the weapons back. Offensively, they've been pretty good on the after Smith and Mariota, which has surprised me. I think they've got the weapons. Um, the Panthers, I don't really know who's going to be their QB. I mean, Baker might be, but will he finish the game? Is it PJ Walker? They don't really have weapons. I'm going with the I'm going with the Falcons win, um, and I think it's not going to be a close game. Mm, yeah, I mean, I, I'm hoping it is for myself being at the game. I mean, I don't really, <laughs> I've not really got a horse in the race when it comes to this game. A lot of games where I support the NFC team over the AFC team, but for this one, I just want a good game and a good good experience. Really, um, speaking right. of experience. Sunday, uh, the early game, sees the first ever regular season game in Germany as the Seattle Seahawks, your Seattle Seahawks, uh, take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, before we go into the game, we like to ask every guest this kind of question. You're a Seahawks fan. Um, so what made you a Seahawks fan? Uh, so funny enough, so I first started getting, I played um, American football in, in the UK, actually, for University of Essex. They had moved to, they went over to Purdue and started playing football there as well. So I really got into it. And when I was in Purdue, it was the year, and this is probably showing my age, it was the year that Peyton Manning was out with a neck injury. Right. Um, so I was like, I need to adopt a team. Probably not. The mood in Indiana at the time was not great. And I was like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm not going to do this. I am not going to support this team. Um, I thought about maybe Chicago, but then, you know what, I started to look at, um, as I started to get more into the game and understand the game, I think it was Seattle. I think I was always a big fan of 
defenses from, from Chicago to the Ravens with Ray Lewis. And then we started to have our own with the Legion of Boom and the swagger that they had to it. Pete Carroll running the ball, having a defense first mentality. And I knew the league was moving to offense, but I kind of liked being like, you know, one, you know, the edgy guy, maybe not so much edgy as a Raiders fan, but edgy enough to be like, okay, let's go against the grain. And so for me, I was like, yeah, let me go see out with Legion of Boom. They got me into it. Then we have Ross. Um, and then we just started to play well and, and, and dominate for the last sort of 10 to 12 years. So, um, yeah, it's been a Seattle fan. And then you've got Microsoft, the home of Microsoft, the home of a lot of tech places. So I thought, you know, Seattle is a good way, you know. And is there sort of a player during your time as a fan, whether it's a current player, whether it's a former player, that still stands out for you? Is maybe a player you, you loved or a player you're maybe, 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 maybe your favourite player as a Seahawks fan growing up or supporting them? Uh, I mean, I've, I've always been a big Dion Sanders fan. I'm always a big primetime fan. I love primetime. Um, absolutely, uh, everything he does, I, I adore. But I think for me, as a Seattle fan, I think one of my favourite players has been Cam Chancellor. Um, just in terms of his presence, what he's been able to do, being a real leader. And the dude can hit. The dude can really hit. Like, I would not want to be a receiver trying to catch the ball with Cam <laughs> Chancellor on the field. He scares me. Um, and I haven't actually seen him in person, but he scares me. But no, I think Cam Chancellor, and I think yeah, he's been he's been um he's probably one of my favorite players to adorn the Seattle jerseys. Obviously, you've got the typical, you know, Bobby Wagner's, Cam, Sherman, Ross, and, and Marshawn Lynch. But I think Cam for me really epitomizes the Legion of Boom. Okay, and yeah, no, I think that that's one of the best teams. And I think it's real I'm I was, I'm so shocked that they only get got one ring because you know you had the it really should have been two. I mean you got the Mark and Butler thing the year later, and you know, it's I mean, it's to show the parity in the league is that that team just dissolved so quickly. And I think it's a shame because I think if you'd won a second one, maybe you could have then added on to that dynasty and won more. But I think it's a, a bit like Aaron Rodgers is a real shame that you guys only got only got one ring from that from that team. Yeah, I mean, we should have run the ball. Let's just <laughs> let me not <laughs> yeah. relive the trauma that is that yeah. Super Bowl. We really should have just run the ball. Like, we yeah. really should have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going into this game. Obviously, it's a neutral venue, which can be a bit of a neutraliser for form. But both, both these teams won last week. Um, the Seahawks are currently 6-3. and three, And the Buccaneers are 4-5. They're currently 3rd and 4th, respectively, when it comes to the NFC playoff picture as it stands. Um, obviously, playing in Munich today. Not today, on mm -hmm. Sunday. And going into this game... No one thought Seahawks, when the season started, it would be the way it is. No one thought the Seahawks would be higher than the Buccaneers in terms of the rankings. And it's just been a wonderful season from the Seahawks. Um, but in terms of this game itself, how are you seeing it, Dan, in terms of your chances on Sunday of getting that win in Germany? Look, you, as you said before, we we were not expecting that. At the beginning of the season, I was like, we were tanking. <laughs> I thought we were tanking hard because Gino's been around the league. He's not been anything impressive to what we're seeing. How I'm taking this, obviously, look, when, when teams go abroad, they don't have that same form from my from what I've seen that they usually do if it was playing at home or in the US, I would say. So I'm always wary of that. And I always feel like the, the Bucs have the, that sort of X factor that could upset us. Obviously, look, you still got Brady. And for all the terms purposes, he is the GOAT. He hasn't looked the same. And for all the time, he's, in the, he's undefeated. But he was able to slice up the Rams in like the last two minutes of the fourth quarter to get them the win um, last week. And so... I'm always worried about what Brady could do defensively. Um, the Bucs haven't been the, the, the defense that they were sort of last season and the season before when they won the Super Bowl. I think we could run the ball on them. Kenneth Walker's looking really impressive and is running the ball really well. And Gino's really just sort of limiting these mistakes. So for me, 
the boxers cornerbacks have always been a weakness. I think, you know, Gino can do some real damage. I do see Seattle winning. Um, but, you know, I'm not as confident because I, I you, Tom Brady's always unknown. I know he's not playing, been playing well, but he's always an unknown and he can still get his, the team, the division is terrible. So they can still get to the playoffs, you know, potentially with a losing, losing record as well. So, um, but yeah, for me, um, I'm going to take Seattle, not just because I'm a Seattle fan, just because the form of Seattle have been really good and we have lots of close games. So I think we, I think we can beat the Bucks. Yeah, I think it's interesting with the Bucks because looking at the stats here, I mean, they have the they have currently a time of writing, time of recording, even the third worst red zone offense in the whole league. Um, you know, Tom Brady's got the second most passing yards in the league, um, but he's got the 16th most or tied for 16th most passing touchdowns. So I think it shows for me a real problem in the end zone for them in the red zone. I think I remember I went to the Buccaneers Ravens in recent weeks and they got a few points towards the end, but a lot, a lot of that game, they were doing well, and then it gets towards the red zone, and they just seem to just completely crumble. And I think it goes back again to, you know, he's got Evans, got Godwin still, but he's not got that third or fourth choice. Like before, he's not got Gronkowski, he's not got, you know, he's not got Antonio Brown, and he did bring in Gage and Julio Jones, but neither of them have really stepped up. So I think even though the Seahawks, you know, have the 13th, 13th worst red zone defence um, for yards allowed, I, I still think that Seattle will get the win. I just think that whilst on one hand, I think that win last week may be the win that, you know, ignites their season, a bit like the Chiefs last mm, year. Yeah. I just think with the way Seahawks are playing and the way they're rolling, the way Gino's cooking at the moment, I just think that they're just going to somehow find a way. But I think it's actually quite nice that these two, I think, are the most followed teams in Germany. So I think it'll be a good atmosphere there. I think there's a Buccaneers bar I saw. I can't think. Maybe it was NFL network or someone found the Buccaneers bar today or yesterday and it looked like there's a lot of Buccaneers fans going to be there but I just think that um, the Seahawks will have enough and I think they'll, they'll get the win um, right before we go on to our next thing we're going to preview a quick few um, quick predictions here so Lions Bears in Soldier Field I'm going to give the Bears the win Justin Fields seems to be getting better and the Lions even though they beat the Packers they haven't been great all year. So I'm going to give the edge to the Bears. Um, and how about you, Daniel? Um, I'm going to second with you on that one. I'm going to second with you. I don't know what to expect of the Lions, but Justin Fields is looking good. I think they're going to get Claypool involved in the offense a little bit more now that he's had a second week there to situate with them. Um, I think Justin Fields, he's starting to look promising. I won't go, I won't, you know, annoy him just yet, but he's looking promising. So I'm going to go with the Bears. I'm going to go with you as well. And the Lions defensively are just shambolic. Shambolic. <laughs> Um, next game, probably the easiest to pick, pick for me. Uh, Jacksonville traveling to Arrowhead to play the Chiefs. Um, I know I know the Colts beat them in week three, and you know, that was a shock, but I just think that the Chiefs are way too strong, and they're probably the second best team in the NFL in my eyes. Um, so I'm going to give the Chiefs the win. Um, and how about you? Uh, same here, same here. Really and truly, it's really not much to say. I kind of anointed Trevor at the beginning of the season thinking he, he you know, he was arrived, he hasn't. I take my you know, pick back. Um, I was 100% wrong. I will accept that. Wrong as wrong as hell. Um, so, yeah, no, nah, Chiefs all the way through. Yeah, I mean, yeah, speaking of wrong, I mean, um, I was definitely wrong on Tua. Um, first two years, I was a def on this podcast last season, especially I was a big advocate of as trading for a different quarterback. I know we've talked about it in recent days on Instagram, but we host the Cleveland Browns, and this game does worry me because of the running duo of Kareem Hunt and Chubb, I do worry they could have a field day. Um, and also 
obviously Miles Garrett's there, but I'm gonna give us the edge because uh, our actual run defense is actually a lot better than our pass defense, and I don't think Brissett has enough to really torch our secondary. So that is the reason alone why I'm gonna give the Dolphins win because as bad as our defense has been, our offense has been absolutely lights out, and I think that it's very hard to to defend a team that has you know the two fastest receivers in the league and maybe even the fastest running back in Raheem Mostert. So yeah, I'm gonna give us a win. Gonna back my boys, but. I am very nervous about this game purely for that um, tandem in the backfield. Um, and yourself, are you going to stay with my opinion or are you going to go Cleveland? This one, we're going to go opposite. I'm going to be a bit, you know, avant-garde and go a little opposite. Reason being because I think um, the Browns will keep the ball in the hands of their running backs. They need to. Um, they can't go to just Kobe Bissett. They can't really go and throw the ball at Cooper. However, He's like an enigma. One week he will do fantastic, the next week he will do terrible. Um, so he's you know he's a he's a, he's a fantasy nightmare um, for fantasy players. Um, you know, but they've had a bye. I think they're well rested. They'll be well rested. Um, so I think they'll go from there. Look what what Hill is doing right now in terms of being over a thousand yards on track to do two thousand two hundred yards, having a record that will beat Megatron's. You gonna have to talk about him being an MVP race. I'm sorry, you have to because. Like you said before, two years for the last two years, you did not think Tua was the one. Now he's got a heel. It's transformed the way we view Tua. If that's not MVP like caliber, then I don't know what is. So <laughs> I got to put heel up there in MVP race. But for me, I'm going to go with the Browns. I think they're just slightly edged this at the moment right now. Yeah, I'm actually loving you said that because I actually wrote an article yesterday for DolphinsTalk.com where I did say is Hill an MVP candidate because I do think that. Going purely by the name of the award, most valuable player, I think that no one is more valuable to any team than than Tyreek Hill is to the Dolphins. And I think whilst he's on pace at the moment to beat Calvin Johnson's single season record and become the first player to have two thousand receiving yards, I think if he if uh, unless he gets two thousand yards, I think it'd be very hard for him to win it because I think sadly the way it is, quarterbacks get all the headlines, and I think that. It probably will be Allen or Mahomes or maybe Jalen Hurts. I just think that the votes always seem to go to the quarterback. And I think even Cooper Cup last year had, for me personally, I, th- I would have given him the vote over Rodgers. And I do think that if Cooper Cup can't win it with, was it 1,900 yards in a season or more, yeah. how can they win it? So I, I do feel that even though I think Hill would, be, would get my vote this year so far, I do feel like Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes will get the overall award. Over over Jalen Hurts as well. Yeah, I I I don't know. I think that the Eagles, I think yeah maybe Hurts, but I think that Allen Mahomes playing just maybe a little bit of a better level. I think Hurts been very good, but I think Mahomes especially has been excellent. And I think that um, I don't know maybe it's more the fact that you know everyone was down at the Chiefs after you know Tyreek Hill gone, he just come back and automatically made them awesome. Whereas you could argue maybe Jalen Hurts has improved because he added someone rather than lose someone. And that's why I would yeah. give my vote to Mahomes over here, purely, purely for the fact that he's lost someone rather than gained someone and performed the way he is. But either way, I think either Hurts or Mahomes or Allen is a worthy winner. I think particularly Holmes and Mahomes and Hurts have been really good this year. So I think this year actually is very wide open MVP. I don't think there's a, you know, when it was Rodgers two years ago, that was a clear favourite. Mahomes, when he won it, he was a clear favourite. But I don't think this year, unless I'm mistaken, there's a clear favourite for MVP. No, not yet. I don't think there's a uh, runaway uh, favourite for MVP. And you're right. I think the MVP for me, 
I'm getting to the point where you might as well just call it the quarterback award because you, I mean I get it, the quarterback is the most important player um, person on the on the pitch, but I think for me you have to talk about the most valuable you know MVP and the most valuable player. And what when I say valuable players, if you take that person out of the team, how well or how consistent will they do? Initially, I was thinking Devin, Derek Henry should have been in that shout, shout out last year with the way he was on positive, on going in in terms of his pace. He got injured and Tennessee still made the, made the playoffs. So they still didn't really miss a beat without him. So I couldn't put him there. Whereas we've seen Tua without Hill. There is no sh sh shadow of a mind. And you mentioned before, we're putting Mahomes maybe elevating a little bit more because he hasn't got Hill, because he hasn't a piece that's now gone to somewhere else and made that other person look Fantastic. So for me, we still need to start looking at that. And I think more credits will start to be given to wide receivers only because it's starting to become a passing league. And so now when you start to see these numbers, I reckon we're probably going to see an MVP coming from a receiver more so than a running back in the next five to 10 years. Yeah, I think even now, getting to a point where now, you know, the running backs getting paid less than a defensive lineman sometimes. I think the, the the average pay for running back compared to a wide receiver, compared to a quarterback and some cornerbacks now as well, in in the defensive side of things, I think it just shows how little the positions, the how much is devalued the position. And I think even fancy football, I think wide receivers now are getting picked over running backs sometimes because they are seen as. I think now they are a much more valuable position, and I think we're seeing a lot of teams. You know, you've seen with you know Mostert and Jeff Wilson. You see it with Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott, Chubb and Hunt. You're seeing a lot of teams have these um, running back tandems, and I think that most teams are doing that because. We've now realised that a lot of these running backs, until recently, Saquon Barkley, McCaffrey's had injuries galore. Todd Giddy was a classic example where these running backs they get hit so much if they're like the main main sort of main back. And I think it can. That's my worry for Derrick Henry as well in the next two or three years that he could be the same, suffer the same fate. And I think that it's a position that whereas thirty years ago, forty years ago, it was the position. I think now it's probably the maybe fifth or sixth most important position on the field. Absolutely. It's more like an auxiliary piece now, as opposed to the centerpiece, the crown jewel. You know, you don't have the, you know, the the Barry Sanders of this world anymore in terms of the importance of the team. It's now more the wide receiver and quarterback and the line. Mm. Definitely, definitely. Um, our next game we're going to focus on is the Minnesota Vikings, who are currently 7-1 against the 6-2 Buffalo Bills. In Buffalo. Um, now, for me, for my prediction, there's method to my madness because, you know, every stat you look at, the Bills are better. You've got the Bills, they're first in yards per game, they're fifth in passing yards this season, whereas Minnesota Vikings are 15th in yards per game, 17th in passing yards. Uh, run defense is very similar to Bills, sixth, Vikings, seventh, but the Bills have the fifth best pass defense and the Vikings have the 10th worst. But I'm going to give the Vikings a win for one reason and one reason only. Josh Allen might not play. And I think that if you've got Case Keenum playing as quarterback, I think that could be a problem for Buffalo. So I think that on paper, Buffalo have all the reasons why they should win this game. You know, they've still got Diggs. They've still got, you know, all these, all these other pieces like, you know, Micah Hyde, who might be coming back for the game. You know, Dawson Knox, tight end. But I just think that if Josh Allen plays, I think Buffalo win. But I think if Case Keenum's expected to be there, and play the same level, they're not going to get that. So I think for that reason alone, even though they're on the road, I'm going to give the Vikings a somewhat of a surprise victory. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually going to second with you that, but I'm yeah. going to second with you about it on a reason that probably doesn't make a lot of sense to your listeners. Well, it does make sense, but it's sort of, sort of superstitious. 
The reason why I'm going with the Vikings for the only reason is because of the time. Because it is not prime time. When it's prime time, Kirk Cousins <laughs> shrinks. When it's playoffs, Kirk Cousins shrinks. He's just non-existent. But you give him a one o'clock game, four o'clock game in the US, uh, which is sort of like a 6 p.m. or, or 9 o'clock game here in the UK, Kirk Cousins makes, he does magic. And he's now added Hawkinson to, to his repertoire. He's got more weapons. And we all know what a good tight end does for a quarterback. You see it with Kelsey, you see it with Andrews, you saw it with Brady. You're now going to see it with Kirk Cousins. I think he's going to elevate Kirk Cousins' game. Um, and already he had over 90 yards uh, reception in the first game when he came in without knowing the offense that well. Um, so for me, I'm going to go with that. But simply because of the time, not even because of Josh Allen. Even if Josh Allen was playing, I would still go Kirk Cousins just because it was prime time. Now, if you give me Sunday night or Monday night or Thursday night, okay, I, I would say no. But, you know, Kirk Cousins on not under the spotlight does well for some weird reason. I don't know what it's about. Yeah, I remember I listened to a podcast. I think it was Neil Reynolds' podcast. I can't think which one it was. And I can't think who the guest was that played with him. And he's saying at one time, Kirk Cousins openly said to him, I hate night games. He actually said that once to his teammate. And I think that is something that, you know, I mean, I, I prefer day games as a fan. But as a player, you've got to think that used to all sorts. So it just seems crazy to me that someone would actually hate them that much. But it's, um, you know, I, I still think that, I think Kirk Cousins, he showed in some, he had that one playoff game, I think it was against the Saints, where um, he did get the win, but most of the time in prime time, I don't think he's won many games. I think, was it he's last not, year? He, one of his first last year as well? It's been a very bad record for someone who's supposed to be paid. I remember this, that we don't, we, we, we don't talk about this enough. Kirk Cousins is the only player that's got a fully guaranteed contract outside of Deshaun Watson, and we, we won't talk about Deshaun Watson. But outside of that, like, Kirk Cousins, for the last three, four years, has had a guaranteed contract, mm. and yet the guy is squeamish on primetime games. Like, that, for me, is a, is a worry, like, from your mentality perspective as a QB and as a leader of your team. So, for me, we don't talk about that enough. How can you pay a player guaranteed football and he doesn't like night games? Like, what's going on? Yeah, I think he really is. Um, you know, he... There's a thing about the, I like to call him the NFL front office swindler. Because um, he just seems to get these massive contracts without actually ever doing much. But um, I think that, with, also with going back to the Bills as well, I think with that, that AFC East, um, there's four teams in the the top eight seeded AFC teams right now. Four of them come from the AFC East. And I think that everyone talked about the AFC West being knee division going into the season. But the AFC East has been unbelievable this year and who'd have thought that this is one game between first and fourth the Jets are involved they got the same amount of wins as the Bills um, obviously I'm hoping for Vikings win purely because it helps my team out but what's your take on how just how strong that division's been I mean it's just it's just I think we are set for an incredible end to the year um, you know what it, it shocked me because I really thought the AFC West with Denver Raiders um, the Chiefs and the Chargers. I thought that would be the that division, you know, where it's just going to be so tight. It's going to be on margins, and it's been disappointing. And and you see in the flip side, you know, a tougher division. And it's it's it shocked me because I didn't expect to see them that division being as competitive as as it is. I'll be honest with you, I, I didn't expect that. Um, so it's really been a pleasure to see because. Um, you know, this is this is why you love the game. This is why you love NFL because you can't really predict some of these storylines. No one saw the Eagles going eight and zero so far in the league. Like you know, you wouldn't have seen and predicted this. No one thought Denver, given its Arsenal, would be this badly. You know, no one's thought the Colts with Jonathan Taylor 
would do this badly. And so you're starting to see this and even the Rams and what they've been doing. So you, this is one of the reasons why I love the sport. It's why a lot of people love the sport because of the unpredictability of it. So yeah, it's, it's been nice to see. I can't lie. Yeah, I think it has been one of the crazier NFL seasons. You look at the fact that, you know, Brady and Rogers have struggled so much, you know, and people like Jimmy Smith has come to the fold. I mean, Hertz and Tua came into the season with a lot of people sort of doubting them and they've ended up being really good. And I think, you know, the Jets and the Giants being good, you know, the Rams three and three and six right now, three and five, and it's just mm. It's just been a weird season, but it's been great for us. It's been great because it's just been, every week's been great. Every week has had games where there's been shock results. It's just been, I think, one of the more fun seasons for an NFL fan. 100%, 100%. I think unpredictability adds to the game. We see it, we love it. And I think, you know, when you speak to some people, why they love it is because, you know, you don't get the typical winners. Like, yeah, obviously the Patriots dominated for what they did, but you know, they didn't win every single year. So you're starting to see this. And, and we know half the teams that make the playoffs don't go back to the playoffs the next year. Mm. That's amazing. Like, it's a scary stat, but it's also amazing. So it's going to be interesting to see who actually ends up uh, making that final cut. Yeah, interesting, actually, with the playoff teams. Looking at it now, how many teams, um, so Eagles, um, sort of Vikings didn't make it, Seahawks didn't make it, um, the Jets didn't make it, the Dolphins didn't make it, the Giants didn't make it. The Chargers didn't make it. There's a lot here, a lot of teams here. Yeah, and obviously you've got the Rams and the Bengals, who right now, both in Super Bowl last year, at the moment, I think will change. I think the Bengals will make it. But at time of writing, at time of looking at this um, article, they are currently both not making the playoffs. And I think it's just, again, yeah, another reason why, I think as well, with English fans or British fans of, of the Premier League, we're so tired of seeing every year, even though you know, I'm a Liverpool fan, so every year my team is involved most years, Um I think most Premier League fans or football fans in the UK are tired of seeing the same teams year after year competing. Whereas I think that has been a big part of why the NFL UK community has grown is because they're seeing this other sport where a different team wins every year. And it's quite refreshing. And I think a lot of fans are actually taken to the sport for that reason alone, because it's just, mm. you can't predict who's going to win the division each year. You can't predict who's making the Super Bowl. Obviously, there's sometimes there are teams you expect to make it that do, but no one thought the Bengals would make it last year. You know, no one thought the Patriots would make it when they went, I think it was two and three or even, I can't think what it was, a few years ago. So the unpredictability of this league is just out of this world. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. Like, I'm a Seattle fan. I thought we were going to tank. <laughs> so <laughs> we have it. So, you know, I'm all for the ride. But yeah, unexpected. Can't lie. So some more quick uh, prediction roundup. So we got the Houston Texans traveling to New York to face the Giants. For me, it's Giants. Even if they weren't off by week, I would say them as well. But the fact they're coming in, you know, having not played last week, um, and even though Houston had the Thursday night game, I just think the Giants are just um, too strong for the Texans and in too much of a good season compared to the Texans. So yeah, Giants for me. How about you? I'm going with the Giants as well. I've been impressed by Dave. I know we were spoke speaking off, off air, off the show. Um, and I was saying that for me, he has to be there alongside Pete Carroll as coach of the year candidate, what he's been able to do with with the Giants. I think if you go to the average NFL fan and say who are the Giants' receivers, they probably could even name any. And they've lost one to, to the Chiefs as well, who's been on the injury report and somehow is magically able to play now. So I think when you look at what he's been able to do, you start to see, I think in the NFL, because everyone is talented, because most teams are good, yes, it's talent in terms of the squad, 
But what also elevates a team is coaching. You start to see that from a situational play, and Dable's situational plays has been good. He schemes well, and he and he changes things off if it's not working. You see that you know they were losing against Green Bay when when you know they were playing him in the, in in London, and then they came back and, and beat them. So you start to see a, a really good team in in Dable. So I'm going with the New York Giants over the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans are not even worth talking about because they're just they they they're just best way to describe is homeless they look <laughs> homeless they feel homeless everything about them homeless yeah it's just i'd be shocked if it isn't them having the number one overall pick when it comes to the draft because i think that the lines you could argue maybe but i think the texans are just playing that badly i just can't see them not being the team that takes the first overall pick and probably taking either bryce young or cj stroud and i'd personally give it to bryce young but cj stroud seems to be the Consensus number one overall pick at the moment, but obviously things do change throughout the until then, of course. Um, next up is a game I found hard to pick. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the New Orleans Saints. Um, I don't know why I'm going to give the edge to Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I just think, I don't know, they seem to get these weird wins um, at times, the Steelers. So I just think that even though the Saints, you know, that wouldn't be a weird, weird win if they won. I just don't. Even though why I'm picking the Steelers, I just think that there's they're at home, and I think that's the only reason why I've gone for it. I think just because they're home. Uh, I predicted at the beginning of the season it was a bold prediction at the time. Everyone laughed at me. I said Mike Tomlin will have a losing season. I was correct. He will have his first losing season, and I'm going to put some more misery to pain. Although I love Mike Tomlin, so I don't think I don't. And I love Steelers. I love the. I love the. I love the culture. I love the team. But I'm going to the Saints. Um, the Saints have been in games. I don't think people realise just how much they've been in actual games. They've not really had a lot of blowouts. Um, and they were a kick away, a thing away from beating the or drawing with the Vikings. I should say not beating them, but, you know, getting the, the draw with the Vikings. So when you look at the Saints, they've been in, in games. You know, they've, they've done well. Their defence is still solid. It's a very good defence. Mm-hmm. Offensively, we just don't know what they're about. Um, hopefully, Camaro... We'll start to match up and start to get some speed and get some games going in. Um, Olev is looking pretty decent as well. So I think for me, I'm going to go with the Saints. I think the Saints have more about them than the Steelers. Yeah, looking at their schedule now, their previous games this year, I mean, they um, only lost by seven points to the Panthers, only lost by three points to the Vikings in London, only lost by four to the Bengals um, the, uh, in week six. And they had a couple of, you know, the Baltimore and the Cardinals, they lost by, you know, double-digit scores. But, yeah, and then they, they beat the Vegas, the Vegas Raiders 24-0, and they, you know, and they did um, beat the Seahawks by seven points, one of the only teams to beat the Seahawks. So, I think they, they are one of the weirder teams to sort of um, bet on this year or even predict because you just don't know week in, week out which team's turning up for the Saints. Absolutely. And I think that's the thing with the offense. You just don't know. Will Kamara have a good game? Would he not? But I think one thing that's been consistent is their defense. I do think that the Cardinals was a one-off game in terms of that high scoring because most of their games haven't been that high scoring. But like you said, like with the exception of two of the games and the Ravens, who are just they just pound the ball. The Steelers can't run the ball the way the Ravens do. So for me, I think this, uh, yeah, I'm going with, I'm definitely Saints, 100%. Okay. And then our next game, quick roundup, is the Tennessee Titans hosting the Denver Broncos, a game I will be very fortunate to be at. I'm going to give the Titans a win, just because even though the Broncos had the bye week, um, I just think that the Titans are just strong in every position. Derrick Henry is having a wonderful time of it at the moment, and I just think the Titans, Mike Vrabel is 10 times the coach than Nathaniel Hackett is. 
you know, I just think that whether it's Willis, whether it's Tannehill, whoever's called back for the Titans, it'll be enough to beat these Broncos. So this is my wild card pick, and I'm going to go with the Broncos. Now, if you ask me to go on logic, probably not. There's not much logic behind it. Um, I don't know if Tannehill will be back in time for the game. You're lucky to be able to see the game. Um, the one thing I would say is Denver are coming back from a bye. I hope Russell will have more chemistry with his receivers. You're right. Nathaniel Hackett's not a coach, and he's not meant to be an NFL head coach. Um, so enough said about that one. But I think with Denver having more of a rest, I think they will do – I think that will happen. Don't get me wrong. I think Derrick Henry will run the score against them. But I think you'll start – maybe. I'm just optimistic that Ross might start to have more chemistry with his receivers and to play. The one thing I would say to you, Andy, which I never saw, was when, do you remember when Ross threw the ball? It was going to – I think it was KJ Hamler and Courtney Sutton picked the ball out of his hand, out of his own receiver's hands. I've never seen – wide receivers do that before. I've never seen where it's like both receivers going for it and then you snatch the ball out of your own player's hand. That was weird. And I think the chemistry in Denver based set up from the head coach in terms of that culture is off for me. But I still think they'll win, but it's been off. Yeah, I think we're seeing the same thing with Cardinals. The fact that, you know, if, if your quarterback's telling your head coach to calm down, which is something I've never seen either, is that happening? I think that, again, shows, again, another chemistry issue with the with with a team and I think that Hackett just seems really you know he came in off the back of being one of the Packers offensive coordinator for two years so he's been he was a guy who almost as part of the team that got Rogers to win back-to-back MVPs and he's just come in he's been given a callback who is normally really good and they've stuck the place out basically so I, I just think Hackett I think he'll get another chance. They do say a lot of coaches, you get two chances in the NFL. Joshua Daniels certainly did. But I just I just don't think at the moment he's got the, the capabilities of being head coach. And you look back in also week two, week three, when the crowd is telling him, they're counting down the clock for him. And I think that, that was, for me, a really worrying sign early on. And obviously that first game against the Seahawks was a really big red flag for me. And I don't think it's got any better uh, as the season's gone on. No, you're right. I don't think he has. I do think he needs to be sacked. I'm not one to advocate for coaches sacking, but he was a wrong high in the first place. Um, and if you weren't going to bring Rogers, who he's no, who he was coaching, bring in a, a coach that stuff. And I think Russell started to see the importance of what good coaching looks like in the NFL. Yeah, and that's why, that's why I would give Pete Carroll a coach of the year for the fact that he's got Julius Smith playing to basically the same level as Russell Wilson was playing at, and no one thought that. Um, our next game is another game we're going to focus on and you mentioned coaches this one is a real real coaching scenario game you've got the Indianapolis Colts traveling to the Las Vegas Raiders you've got obviously the Colts fired Frank Reich after last week's loss to the Patriots and the Raiders still have McDaniels who is under extreme pressure so you've got the Jeff Statley the interim head coach against a coach that's under extreme pressure to keep his job um, for me looking at the stats here I mean they've both had also the Raiders have had two losses in a row Colts have had three losses in a row. Um, and I just think that whilst I, I'm going to give the edge to the Colts purely because you see often, even if it's just for one week or two weeks or maybe more or less than that, a new head coach can often bring in, you know, bring a fresh voice to the table, can sometimes give a team a little bit of a bounce. And I think compare that to a team that's got a coach who's under extreme pressure. They had three big collapses this year. They had a big collapse against the Jaguars on the week. So, they're not going to be in a good, real good mood after that game. And I just think that, you know, even though the Colts have 
the, the Raiders have lost five games uh, by seven points or less, whereas the Colts have only lost two games by seven points or less. I'm going to give the edge to the Colts purely because of that new voice that may give them just a one or two week bounce. Uh, I agree with you on that one, actually. I think we're in sync in terms of our minds for most of these picks so far. Uh, it's kind of scary, guys. We didn't actually rehearse this at all. Um, <laughs> but no, I think it's, I, I'm going to go with the Colts. So I think that new coach bounce is a thing. Um, and we're going to start to see where the players are going to be like, you know what, we've got Frank Wright fired. Let's let's bounce from there. Um, JT should be back as well. So that should really add something. The Raiders are just shocking right now. I personally didn't understand why they went for McDaniels when you had a coach in Rich from last year who got you to the playoffs. Reward him. Let him at least give you a full-on season. Um, you know, how do you basically get a guy who gets you to the playoffs when you weren't predicting to get to the playoffs and then just give him a boot for a shiny new toy? Problem is, is Dave is the, the owner. I'm not sure if he's as ruthless as he needs to be in owning the club. I don't know if he wants to, if he will sack McDaniels and then be like, well, I've got paying compensation, so I don't really want to, so let's keep him there. So I avoid paying off that compensation because we all know he's one of the cheapest owners in the league. So, um, We'll see. But I, I think right now, the Raiders are in big trouble. Big, big trouble. Whereas I think the Colts are in trouble, but I still like their roster for the most part. Outside of the receivers, I think they've got a decent roster. So, yeah, I'm going with the Colts. Yeah, I was I was shocked that um, they didn't give Rich Versace a chance because we saw this with the Browns a few years ago where they got rid of um, Hugh Jackson. Greg Williams came in and he got them winning games and got them... Um, sort of Baker Mayfield was playing really good in his rookie year and they went with Freddie Kitchens and we all know how that turned out and now we're seeing with the Raiders McDaniels he's got the reputation as a you know as a coach of the Patriots but we all know what happened in Denver when even though he had he, had, he gave he got the best stat season out of rant of um, I forget his name it was Kyle, Kyle Lawton um, maybe that was why cause he's got the experience but you know, Versace did such a good job last year. I mean, he had all the John Gruder stuff going on and to manage to turn from that to game into the playoffs and really they were unlucky not to win that game against the Bengals. I think yeah. he deserved at least a chance to coach for a year and um, so I think that's a lesson to all teams and all owners now that whilst, you know, we, we've seen great coaches but not great can turn from being a great OC to them being a really bad um, head coach. We're seeing it with Hackett now as well. I just think that I personally, I I think that McDaniel's. I think he'll get maybe one year more at the most. Maybe I think he might he yeah. might get a second season, but I just don't think that he's proved to me this year that he's got enough to be a head coach. I mean, how can you go from a team that you know who was the main receiver last year? Probably was it Hunter Renfro last year, main receiver. Um, I probably forgotten someone to go from that having Devontae Adams, one of the best receivers in the league who just come off obviously being part of Rogers winning back back MVPs. So how can you go from making the playoffs without him to then going into season after working with Brady for so many years to then going into a situation where you've got Devontae Adams and you're making a team look worse. So I think that shows to me all I need to know about him as a head coach and why he probably shouldn't get a chance again. Agreed. I mean, I know they lost Henry Ruggs for that whole situation, but for the most part, like you said, you've got one of the best receivers in the game. You've added him. Yeah, Renfrew as well. You've got Warlow who's been injured, I know, but Derek Carr Derek isn't a you know, bump. You know, there was at one point where he was in the talks for MVP before he broke his leg. So, um, you know, you, you're right. Like, you've had weapons. You've got weapons. You know, there is no reason why he's tough. But, you know, that's another conversation for another day because the Ravers under John Gruden, their draft picks have been 
their first round draft picks haven't been great. They've been bust or, 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 or going home. So, um, but yeah, look, the Raiders are a mess as an organization. Um, and it's going to take a big, big, um, you know, sort of clear out for them to get back to where they need to be. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the thing. They've all, all their first round picks from, t- from 2019 have all been released or sent to prison. So it's not a good look for Mike Mayock, if I'm honest. Um, Next thing we're going to quickly preview, before our final game, we're going to quickly preview three games um, as the Packers host the Dallas Cowboys with uh, Mike McCarthy returning to his old team. And I'm going to give Dallas the win. I think the Packers are in disarray. They don't look like they're going to prove anytime soon. And I just think Dallas Cowboys are playing on defense especially really well. I think they're going to really trouble this Packers offense. So I'm going to give the Cowboys the win. Yeah, same here. Um, the Packers have been absolutely diabolical. Um, just been absolutely diabolical. Rogers went off on these little health drug craze. He should have really focused on working and building a relationship with his receivers. He's thrown him under the boss. He's not even taken accountability for his own game, which has been terrible. Um, you know, he was awful, awful in his last game. I think for me, I'm going with the the... Cowboys, and it's not even close. I think that one-two punch of, of Zeke and, and, and Pollard is going to is going to work well. Um, Dak's not doing too much, and defensively, Michael Parsons is going to eat. He's really going to eat. So we're going to see we're going to see a really good game. But um, yeah, I think for me, I'm definitely going with the Cowboys, and I don't like to say that well, <laughs> team, but yeah, they're going they're going to win. And then Cardinals Rams, I'm going to give the win to Arizona. I just think there's something wrong with the Ram, the Rams. And obviously, Matt Stafford may not play, so maybe John Wolford playing. And I think that actually Murray might also not play. as talk that he might not play. So it might be a Colt McCoy against John Wolford game, which I don't think anyone would, would want to watch that. But um, I just think there's something wrong with the Rams. I don't know what it is. So I'm going to give the, the Cardinals a win. I'm going to go with the Rams, actually. Um, you know, I was leaning towards the Cardinals, like yourself, for those reasons. Stafford isn't going to be playing. But I actually think that might be a good thing for the Rams because Stafford has been throwing picks a lot. And no one really wants to talk about it. The fact he led the league in interceptions last year and he is leading the league um, this year. So for me, I kind of wanted to go away from that. Um, well, I believe he's close to leading the league. I'm not sure if he is leading the, the league in interceptions, but he's definitely up there. Um, and I think for me, with Stafford, I want to be able to be like, I don't know. Yes, he's got the arm. Yes, he's got that connection with Cooper Cup. But he is throwing a lot of picks and they don't have any options outside of Cooper Cup. So I think not having Stafford is actually going to force McVay to come up with something offensively that will beat the Rams, will beat the cards. So for me, I'm going to say it's going to be a, it's going to be a Rams win. I think it's going to be tight, but I think it's going to be a Rams, Rams win. Okay. And then Stafford actually is tied for second for interceptions. Okay. The question is, can you name me who leads away? If you want a clue, he's not starting anymore as a quarterback. Oh, yeah, that's the Colts right there, Matt Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's got nine, whereas both Matt Stafford, Josh Allen's actually got eight as well as Matt Stafford. Kenny Pickett's got eight and Davis Mills. Um, so Rogers actually is amazing. I've never seen this high before. He's got seven. He's only two off off Matt Ryan, which is again shows the Packers' current form. Um, and then our other quick prediction is the Eagles hosting the Commanders. Of course, Eagles, the only team left who are unbeaten. They're currently eight and zero. The Commanders did beat the Packers, but who hasn't this year so far? Um, but I'm going to give the Eagles a win. I just think that um, 
they're going to keep going. And I think until they... I think the Titans game will be, will be the one they lose, but I think for now they will still win games. So I think, yeah, easy win for me, Eagles, on Monday Night Football. Um, for me, I'm going with the Eagles. Um, they're undefeated. Um, they are running the ball well. AJ Brown has been a weapon for them, an absolute stud. Um, and you know what? I don't know why Tennessee didn't pay him because you're looking at what Tennessee is trying to do offensively outside of Derrick Henry, and it's not a lot. So, you know, this is, for some reason... you the Tennessee Titans seemed like they had still had this old mindset of like, we don't need receivers, we can just draft it. Mm-hmm. We're starting to see more and more in the last couple of seasons, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, you know, you know you're know, you starting to see, and even the pass catcher receiving tight ends of the Kelseys and Andrews, you're starting to see what it is for having a QB, having that weapon. Um, so for me, it's really important what 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 the Eagles are doing. I can't lie, I didn't think I was a fan of Sirianni with these press conferences when he first joined the Eagles, they were shocking. Um, but he's warm to me. He's doing really well. He seems to be a good coach. Players are bought in. Jalen Hurts is, is, is he's progressing really well. Um, I won't sort of say he's a superstar, the superstars, but he's definitely doing well. And yeah, for me, I think that the Eagles will definitely be the commanders. And I think Ron might get fired at the end of the season. Yeah, I agree. I think his time is sadly up. I think he's a, very likable coach and I think he's had a good career but I just think that watching that kind of football it just seems a bit like he hasn't really maybe adapted to the modern game and I don't I don't know whether he will be able to do that um and then the Eagles going back to the Eagles I yeah I think you've got to praise Nick Sirianni because he came into a team where they were meant to be rebuilding they were seen as maybe one of the worst teams in the league and he's gotten to the playoffs in his first season and then next year he's got an 8-8-0 eight, eight so you've got to give him a lot of credit for the season and then finally on the Titans I do think there's something quite nice about their their kind of style because most teams this year go for sort of a passing heavy offense and a lot of teams defensively will scheme for that I don't think then they got then adjust then to a running game which doesn't have very often a run first offense I think now we're going to put that well, maybe it's getting back into fashion because maybe teams are just scheming more for passing offense. They're not as prepared for run de- run offenses. Maybe they would have been five, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I think, you know, you're starting to see, I think the Ravens, the Eagles, obviously Tennessee, the Colts last year, you know, they are relying on that run game and you start to see more and more games, more and more teams trying to do that. So I think it's really, yeah, I think that run game is really important um, for certain for certain teams. And I think even, the you know, a team that's been struggling actually on that is the Buffalo Bills. They don't have a run game and it's probably why they struggle to close out games, um, close games. Yeah, I think it's why that could be, that's the one thing that could affect them in the, in the playoffs. I think that, Everything else, when it comes to defense, whether it comes to you know obviously the passing game, unbelievable. But come to the the run game, and they are just. I mean, they brought in um, you know Naheem Hines, who I think is a great addition. But you know, even without looking at the rushing yards in a season this year, Buffalo Bills are trying to find them. They're about middle of the range. About so they've got less running yards than the Jets, the Cowboys. I think they've got. Well, that's the mostly from Josh Allen as well. Yeah, that that that's a problem they have because. You know, even like people like Mahomes and Allen, they're modern day quarterbacks, so they're sort of, you know, they they like to use their feet. But I think, you know, they've got to have someone in mind because this is, this is me why the Ravens have never done more than just a divisional round with Lamar Jackson. Because once you stop Lamar Jackson, who else you got to run to run the ball with? And I think it's the same thing with the Bills, is that 
whilst you know Josh Allen's great with his feet and he's got great arm and all that, you do need that number one back. And I think that you know, Singletary isn't it for me. He's very much very much middle of the range kind of running back. Zach Moss wasn't great before he got traded away. Naheem Hines, I think it's good. It's whether he can adapt quickly to that system. Um, so yeah, that's the only thing that's going to affect them in the playoffs. I think if they have a good running back, um, then I think they would be unstoppable. But I think that if, if teams are going to um, try and beat them in the playoffs or in a big game come late on in the season, especially with the way the AFC is going at the moment, uh, I think teams will know that if you can stop Stefan Dake, you can stop Josh Allen using his feet, then you can stop the Bills. Yeah, absolutely. And I, start, I think you start to see that. And also injuries is going to start creeping up to Josh Allen. He needs to adapt his game a little bit. You know, one, you know, do a little bit of a Lamar and avoid the hits. Allen always enjoys the hits. And it's like, we've seen that with Cam. Mm. We've seen that with a few, like, let's stop that. Like, create that running game. Keep your QB up. The stuff. Only run when you need to run. Like a Mahomes. You know, and we, we talk about, you know, uh, Lamar, but Lamar doesn't actually get hit. He doesn't take hits. He's very smart of how he runs. Yeah, I think Lamar Jackson doesn't get near enough, enough credit for what he does on the field, and I think he's definitely one of the most disrespected running back, not running back, quarterbacks in the uh, in the entire league. Um, our final game now we're going to focus on is Sunday Night Football as the San Francisco 49ers host the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, again, a very hard game to predict. Um, I I think. It's for me. I've been umming and ahhing about this pretty much since I planned this episode. You know, it's. I think I'm going to give the edge to 49ers just. And I just think the addition of Christian McCaffrey has really just added to that team. And I think that if he they've had a bye week as well, of course, and the Chargers did go all the way to the end against the Falcons. Um, looking at the stats, I mean that they have the best run defense in the whole league is the 49ers, where the Chargers have the seventh worst. They we've got similar sort of stats when it comes to pass defense. Both teams, um, Chargers have the thirtieth best run offense, whereas the Forty Nineers is nineteenth. And then on the flip side, the Chargers have the seventh best pass offense, and the Chargers have and the Forty Nineers have the eighteenth. So I think it's a very even game if you look at the stats. I'm just going to give the edge to the home team, the team that had the bye week, and uh, a team who's added one of the best players in the league when he's healthy in Christian McCaffrey. Um. You know, you probably said everything I was going to say. I can't lie to you. Um, I'm definitely going to 49ers. I'm not actually as uncertain as you. I'm probably more certain of the 49ers. The Chargers defensively haven't been what I thought they'll be. Even with Khalil Mack, I thought they'll be a bit more aggressive, a little bit better defensively. They have, they've not been as good defensively. Um, the 49ers, obviously, offensively, are going to have those weapons. The Chargers do have injuries um, across the board. You know, um, so, you know, the store what JC Jackson isn't around for the season. So you're starting to see, like, they have injuries. Um, I do like Justin Herbert. He's one of my favourite QBs in the league. Um, but he's, and he still looks good, but I'm not a fan of Staley. I said it from last season when he went for loads of four-for-ones. I don't think he's a good coach. Um, not from a situational point of view. And my thing is, I'm always worried when teams have coaches who specialise on one side of the ball and that side of your board, the board isn't that great. Mm. Like Staley's a defensive coach and, and defensively, the Chargers haven't been there. They don't look impressive. Um, that's a war, that's a red flag for me and that's a warning sign. So for me, um, I'm going with the 49ers. I think that they will beat the Chargers. Um, but obviously you can't really discount Herbert at all. No, definitely not. I think for me, the red flag for me came from that game against the Raiders. 
the timeout situation when he, you know, towards the end of overtime, he did call that timeout. And I just think there was a few times where he was a bit too aggressive when it came to when he tries to go from fourth down or when he tries to use timeouts. And I just think that there are some worrying signs there. Um, but before we do go, actually, on this, just going to recap our picks. So we both went for the Falcons to beat the Panthers. Both went for the Seahawks to beat the Buccaneers. Both went for the Vikings to beat the Bills. We both went for the Bears to beat the Lions. Both went for the Chiefs to beat the Jags. Uh, we went differently on the Dolphins-Browns game. I went for the Dolphins. Uh, Daniel did go for the Cleveland Browns. Both went for the Giants. Uh, I went for the Steelers to beat the Saints. Daniel went for the Saints. Um, also, Daniel went for the Denver Broncos to beat the Titans, whereas I went for the Titans to win. We both picked Indy. Both beat picked Philly. Both beat San Fran. Both beat pick Dallas, and I picked the Cardinals to win, and Daniel did pick the Rams. So that has been the end of the podcast. So thank you, Daniel, for first of all coming on. I appreciate it. I love coming on, man. I love talking to you about NFL. It's been great. No problem. Before we go, I'll give you a chance just to plug your own social media. So how can people find you online? Uh, so you can find me on Daniel underscore um, for Louie, F-A-L-U-I-I, on social medias. And you can just also check us out, on, on myself out on, on Verge Magazine as well with Dre and the guys um, and the team over there as well. So, yeah, definitely just uh, add me, message me. And if you agree with me, great. If you don't agree with me, still a lot to hear from you anyway. So, yeah, um, that'd be great. Great stuff. So this has been the Across the Pod podcast, our week 10 preview. I've been Andy, this has been Daniel Faloui, and we will see you guys next time. Perfect, appreciate that. See you guys next time.